Story number two of The Toys of Peace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Redman. The Toys of Peace Short Stories by Saki. Louise. "'The tea will be quite cold. You'd better ring for some more,' said the dowager Lady Beanford. Susan Lady Beanford was a vigorous old woman who had coquetted with imaginary ill-health for the greater part of a lifetime. Clovis Sangrail irreverently declared that she had caught a chill at the coronation of Queen Victoria and had never let it go again. Her sister, Jane Thropplestance, who was some years her junior, was chiefly remarkable for being the most absent-minded woman in Middlesex. "'I've really been unusually clever this afternoon,' she remarked gaily as she rang for the tea. "'I've called on all the people I meant to call on, and I've done all the shopping that I set out to do. I even remembered to try and match that silk for you at Harrods, but I'd forgotten to bring the pattern with me, so it was no use.' I really think that was the only important thing I forgot during the whole afternoon. Quite wonderful for me, isn't it? "'What have you done with Louise?' asked her sister. "'Didn't you take her out with you? You said you were going to.' "'Good gracious!' exclaimed Jane. "'What have I done with Louise? I must have left her somewhere.' "'But where?' "'That's just it. Where have I left her?' I can't remember if the Carrywoods were at home or if I just left cards. If they were at home, I may have left Louise there to play bridge. I'll go and telephone to Lord Carrywood and find out. "'Is that you, Lord Carrywood?' she queried over the telephone. "'It's me, Jane Thropplestance. I want to know, have you seen Louise?' "'Louise,' came the answer, "'it's been my fate to see it three times.' At first, I must admit, I wasn't impressed by it, but the music grows on one after a bit. Still, I don't think I want to see it again just at present. Were you going to offer me a seat in your box? Not the opera, Louise. My niece, Louise Thropplestance. I thought I might have left her at your house. You left cards on us this afternoon, I understand, but I don't think you left a niece. The footman would have been sure to have mentioned it if you had. Is it going to be a fashion to leave nieces on people as well as cards? I hope not. Some of these houses in Barclay Square have practically no accommodation for that sort of thing. She's not at the Carrywoods, announced Jane, returning to her tea. Now I come to think of it, perhaps I left her at the silk counter at Selfridge's. I may have told her to wait there a moment while I went to look at the silks in a better light, and I may easily have forgotten about her when I found I hadn't your pattern with me. In that case she's still sitting there. She wouldn't move unless she was told to. Louise has no initiative. "'You said you tried to match the silk at Harrods,' interjected the dowager. "'Did I? Perhaps it was Harrods. I really don't remember.' 
It was one of those places where everyone is so kind and sympathetic and devoted that one almost hates to take even a reel of cotton away from such pleasant surroundings. I think you might have taken Louise away. I don't like the idea of her being there among a lot of strangers. Supposing some unprincipled person was to get into conversation with her. Impossible. Louise has no conversation. I've never discovered a single topic on which she had anything to say beyond, Do you think so? I dare say you're right. I really thought her reticence about the fall of the Rebo ministry was ridiculous, considering how much her dear mother used to visit Paris. This bread and butter is cut far too thin. It crumbles away long before you can get it to your mouth. One feels so absurd snapping at one's food in mid-air like a trout leaping at Mayfly. "'I am rather surprised,' said the dowager, "'that you can sit there making a hearty tea when you've just lost a favourite niece. "'You talk as if I'd lost her in a churchyard sense, instead of having temporarily mislaid her. "'I'm sure to remember presently where I left her. "'You didn't visit any place of devotion, did you?' If you've left her mooning about Westminster Abbey or St. Peter's Eaton Square without being able to give any satisfactory reason why she's there, she'll be seized under the Cat and Mouse Act and sent to Reginald McKenna. That would be extremely awkward, said Jane, meeting an irresolute piece of bread and butter halfway. We hardly know the McKennas, and it would be very tiresome having to telephone to some unsympathetic private secretary describing Louise to him and asking to have her sent back in time for dinner. Fortunately, I didn't go to any place of devotion, though I did get mixed up with the Salvation Army procession. It was quite interesting to be at close quarters with them. They're so absolutely different to what they used to be when I first remember them in the eighties. They used to go about then unkempt and dishevelled, in a sort of smiling rage with the world, and now they're spruce and jaunty and flamboyantly decorative, like a geranium bed with religious convictions. Laura Kettleway was going on about them in the lift of the Dover Street tube the other day, saying what a lot of good work they did, and what a loss it would have been if they'd never existed. If they had never existed, I said, Granville Barker would have been certain to have invented something that looked exactly like them. If you say things like that quite loud in a tube lift, they always sound like epigrams. I think you ought to do something about Louise, said the dowager. I'm trying to think whether she was with me when I called on Ada Spellvexit. I rather enjoyed myself there. Ada was trying, as usual, to ram that odious Koryatovsky woman down my throat, knowing perfectly well that I detest her and in an unguarded moment she said, "'She's leaving her present house and going to Lower Seymour Street.' "'I dare say she will if she stays there long enough,' I said. Ada didn't see it for about three minutes, and then she was positively uncivil. "'No, I am certain I didn't leave Louise there.' "'If you could manage to remember where you did leave her,' "'It would be more to the point than these negative assurances,' said Lady Beanford. 
So far, all that we know is that she's not at the Carrywoods, or Ada Spelvexit's, or Westminster Abbey. That narrows the search down a bit, said Jane hopefully. I rather fancy she must have been with me when I went to Mornay's. I know I went to Mornay's because I remember meeting that delightful Malcolm What's-His-Name there. You know whom I mean. That's the great advantage of people having unusual first names. You needn't try and remember what their other name is. Of course I know one or two other Malcolms, but none that could possibly be described as delightful. He gave me two tickets for the happy Sunday evenings in Sloane Square. I've probably left them at Mornay's, but still it was awfully kind of him to give them to me. Do you think you left Louise there? I might telephone and ask. Oh, Robert, before you clear the tea-things away, I wish you'd ring up Mornay's in Regent Street and ask if I left two theatre tickets and one niece in their shop this afternoon. A niece, ma'am? asked the footman. Yes, Miss Louise didn't come home with me, and I'm not sure where I left her. Miss Louise has been upstairs all the afternoon, ma'am, reading to the second kitchen-maid who has the neuralgia. I took up tea to Miss Louise at a quarter to five o'clock, ma'am. Of course, how silly of me. I remember now, I asked her to read the Fairy Queen to poor Emma to try to send her to sleep. I always get someone to read the Fairy Queen to me when I have neuralgia, and it usually sends me to sleep. Louise doesn't seem to have been successful, but one can't say she hasn't tried. I expect after the first hour or so the kitchen-maid would rather have been left alone with her neuralgia, but of course Louise wouldn't leave off till someone told her to. Anyhow, you can ring up Mornay's, Robert, and ask whether I left two theatre tickets there. Except for your silk, Susan, those seem to be the only things I've forgotten this afternoon. Quite wonderful for me. End of Louise Recording by Graham Redmond